Hi, everybody. I'm Dale Sparaghi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving, especially post-COVID, post-digital, post Me Too, and sadly to say, post No Roe versus Wade. Hello, everybody. This is your co-host and producer, Sunny Hibbets. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. For more updates on the show, please be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. And Happy New Year. In this episode, we will have special guest and relationship coach and counselor, Kim Von Berg. Kim has been working with couples since 1997 and runs a relationship coaching counseling business called Thriving Loving Relationships. She is a certified coach in Catherine Woodward Thomas's Calling in the One and is a communication specialist with a master's degree in humanistic psychology. She also created a program called Three Steps to Create Extraordinary Relationships, which is listed on her website. Hear more about her programs at the end of the show. In this episode, Dale Kim and I will be having a deep conversation on personal transformation in relationships. I think today we've, we've already discussed, we, we love saying our hellos and warming up to each other. So we wanted to kind of make it fun. And Dale and I were thinking it might be fun to choose a word of how we're feeling today. And since I'm starting us off now, I have to think of a word. Um, I really like how muggy it is outside, but I think I feel kind of spicy. I don't know. I feel like really like energetic this morning. And um, I drove from the city and it felt like, okay, I got to like go to like record the show. And it was like, you know, I'm like texting Kim and Dale and they're both just like, everything's like super chill. Like you'll get here when you get here. And so I'm just able to like, yeah, I'm just able to really embrace the energy of rushing in a good way. So spicy for me. And Dale, would you like to? Yeah, yeah great. I think for me, the word is transition because I was away. I was in Canada for the weekend and um, with family now coming back, seeing my partner last night, being, you know, now kind of thrown back into work. So yeah, there's this this transitioning thing going on with me today. That's my word. Yay. Kim. Yes. Um, yep. So good to see you. Yeah, and have you here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I feel so honored to be here. I thought I was supposed to come up with a word. Am I supposed to come up yeah, with a word? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> word. So the, the word that's hitting me now is connection. Just because I feel I feel really connected to you two. And I just I think that's sort of been my theme, I don't know, the last several months. because uh, I, I just moved across the country and uh from California and I'm sort of in this space of realizing that's what life is about. <laughs> it's just about connection and I, and they're happening, you know, so, and I feel very connected right now. Mm. Yeah. Aww, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's good to be here together with, with us and yeah. 
this topic is is interesting you know it's so relevant and having you with all of your expertise here is really exciting to me you know with your expertise in communication and working with couples and talking about transformation well i'm excited let's do it (laughs) yeah so i believe um so dale said that you have a background in communication so you're a coach as well like dale Yes, I'm certified in a number of coaching modalities and through the International Coach Federation as a life coach, as an NLP coach, and also through Catherine Wilbur Thomas's work as a calling in the one coach. Um, Yeah, so um, yeah, I have quite a few modalities, but I do call myself also a couples counselor because I've done... Gosh, I've been in this business maybe 27 years and working with couples, uh, originally just as a communication trainer, um, helping people with their communication skills in relationship. But yeah, it's it's morphed. I don't even want to go into all the certifications because I feel like we have more important things to talk about today. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, here. Yeah. Um, can I ask one question about it? Sure. Um. So you said you work in like communication styles kind of in a way, well, communication work. Do you use nonviolent communication or is there a particular model you use for that? And then we could definitely move along. But I'm so curious about that because I'm kind of a communicator. Sure, sure. Oh, that's wonderful. So I get that you've done training in nonviolent communication. I love nonviolent communication. It's a, There's tweaks that are slightly different. I trained with a woman named Selwa Saeed, who is just amazing um in the on the central coast of california um and now she's since passed and uh but anyway her work brings in marshall rosenberg's work nonviolent communication um uh she's got thomas gordon that goes way back we're talking 70s when he was a big hot shot um parent effectiveness training teacher he wrote a whole bunch of books but she kind of melded a bunch of things together that are really beautiful but i would say the through line is the same as nonviolent communication sort of the basis of it is exactly the same but sort of techniques are slightly different yeah cool I kind of don't want to go into what those are because I feel like that's probably not what we want to go dive into right now. Yeah, well, yeah. well, the transformation, but I think communication could be a good place to start. But I'd even like to to step back and even say, what is transformation? Because I think transformation in the therapy, in the world of, of therapeutic and therapy is kind of new. I mean, and so let's just even start by defining what that means. I love that. Yes. Do you want to take a stab at it, Dale? Well, first of all, I'm going to put it in the context of coaching because okay. coaching and transformation has kind of come into existence. And really, I, I'm thinking of um, um, Werner Earhart who kind of started this, this, what's called now is called ontological coaching, which is who you're being, right? So when we're talking about transformation, we're, we're really talking about changing who you're being. Exactly. 
and the consciousness behind who you're being, which is kind of more metaphysics. And that's what I have really loved to study, you know, like Neville Goddard's work. And I mean, more of the metaphysical aspect, but they go hand in hand. Who, you know, the consciousness behind who you're being and then who you show up as, which is who you're being. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Would that kind of be an example of, so like your, your consciousness and then your ego, that separation a little bit? Because there is like, definitely like, there's who I'm being in the world around me, my archetypes, my personality, my um, interactions like that. And then there's like my awareness of that I'm doing that and I enjoy that. And I also don't like it. Um, (laughs) And maybe that's the human condition, right. Of enjoying your ego and also like really not liking it. Um, So I think we're talking about those two things a little bit. And I guess the, Dale, were you kind of saying the ontological is both of those or is there together? Well, I think that, you know, when, when we're talking about consciousness and Kim, you can speak to this too. It's more like the energetic, you know, the energetics, right? So it's like putting together your behaviors with what's underneath your behavior. Like what's your energy saying? So, mm-hmm. um, so what did you ask again, Sonny? My- I was saying that with, you were talking about ontological coaching. And so was that, and then, you know, Kim was talking about consciousness and like awareness a little bit, and I brought up ego. So where do all those parts kind of work together with the ontological? Because the ontological you said was. Who you're being. Right. Right. So it's related to identity Mm -hmm. and then the, and then the consciousness. So in terms of the ego, you know, I think it's, it, it's, it's about integration, mm. you know? So I think it's kind of how we're working with all aspects of ourself in relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what it seems to be about. Yeah. I think often what, who we're being and the even the ego or whatever, because ego we could pick apart what you mean by that, but it, it's really more uh, what beliefs are we operating inside of? And so if if deep down we're believing I'm not good enough or or whatever the and usually we're not conscious of this, right? But we look at who we're being and what shows up in our lives down to everything, like what kind of career, what what kind of money issues we have, what kind of relationships we have. And if you look at there's kind of a through line of challenges that seem to be the same, oftentimes that means that there's an unconscious belief, which is that whole thing of who we're being, right? But I mean, like, what is the belief that we're operating from? Because ultimately, you want to get to the true, unencumbered self that believes that, you know, we're, we're empowered and that we can choose whatever we want in our lives and whatever we want to create. And is being able to choose what you want in your life is almost like free will a little bit, right? Your ability to yeah. say what you want, be what you want, and not be pulled into kind of um maybe id so like right yeah getting very freudian here it's my psychic <laughs> sorry like um so that would be right 
um, id would be the things that kind of your pleasures, your selfish pleasures, pulling you into something kind of below you, you know, whether that's addiction or even just like sugary foods, whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, crazy. I love how you said that. But I mean, I think part of this is also, there's a level of maturity, meaning, I don't know, Dale, if you had this experience with clients where it's like, they'll come and say, I want to find the man who's a billionaire and I want to be floating on a raft in the pool and doing this and that, whatever. So that, so yeah, that's a great vision or whatever, but it's like, is, I I don't know. There's a sense of, there's an imperfect world. It's like the partner we choose. Yeah. They're, he's going to have some flaws or he or she's going to have some flaws or there's going to be, and I still have flaws. And so how are we all going to work with this sort of, and still be happy and be creating a life that we're, is fulfilling and loving and joyful. And even with the imperfections there. Yeah, I love what you're saying, Kim. And I think, you know, what's coming to me now is one of the major probably aspects of transformation is getting that we we do have choice. And and part of that that transformation and that change comes from choosing our actions rather than having them, you know, kind of choose us or being a victim of our lives, but realizing how much impact and choice we have in our lives. And I think coaching, one thing about coaching is that that's really what we support people with. Yes. And this might be too, and I love that. That was great. (laughs) So good. Um, This also is kind of what we've highlighted on the show a little bit about like the differences between therapy and coaching. Um, because we have done a, an interview, we did an interview with um, an LCSW therapist, Marissa Nask, on somatic relating, and it was really lovely. Um, and also, you know, sh- she's also a coach, so she can kind of, she works differently with, she works specifically with her therapy clients in like a therapy format. Um, and then with her coach, coaching clients in a coaching format, because, you know, that's what our system, you know, has us do. But also she kind of can go in between, you know, because she knows those modalities. Um, but in therapy, we are definitely, the thing is, is like, we're very much looking at a mirror and our therapist is reflecting a lot of, um, you know, our feelings back at us with the, what, what, what do you mean by that? How does that make you feel? Um, can you describe that to me so that we can, as clients realize what our feelings are and then make our decisions where in coaching, it's more like this co-creative, like what can we do here? And maybe you'd have a better metaphor for that. But um, I really do appreciate that about coaching, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I operate yeah. in both both modalities because I also, I do couple, I call it couples counseling where, you know, people come with a lot of challenges in their relationship. And the the coaching, I, I guess I kind of meld some of it together, counseling and coaching, because I think what I've learned from my coaching trainings is that it's really important to help people create an invi- a vision and an intention for their work with you. So, and what they want to create. Whereas in counseling, a lot of times or therapy, it's more, hey, let's just fix these problems that are 
bugging the hell out of you. <laughs> you know, like it isn't so much a vision of what do we want to create and what, what, what direction do we want to go in? And usually coaching has a beginning and somewhat of an ending, whereas therapy can go on forever. <laughs> Just like, so I don't know. I see there's a slight difference, but sometimes I, I love coaching the best, but some people aren't quite there yet. So I almost feel like I'm, I do need to do a little bit of counseling before they can get to a place of being willing to be coached. And in a coaching model, it's almost teamwork. You're maybe just slightly ahead of them uh, uh, and, and being the facilitator to help them realize their dream. But then um, they may not be quite in a place of creating a vision and a dream yet because they're in too much pain. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I actually had a question about this topic because I, I love how we've been building on here, but I wanted to kind of ask a question to both of you, if that's okay. Um, so when we're talking about personal transformation with ourselves, that's like self-growth, right? That's another word for it. Building on yourself, um, moving through your journey and trying to like do what's right for you essentially not falling into tendencies you don't want and like having choice and not being a victim to life. Like y'all said, um, I've always really been fascinated by dating while doing that because sometimes there's this narrative in like, I don't know what, what culture it would be or what, um, subcategory this would be in, but I hear this story of like, you can't date somebody until you're fully full as a person, you're a whole person. And like, I get that, but also I feel like I will never be fully whole as a person because I'm a person. So, um, I guess I'm just wondering, like, you know, how is, do you have, do you guys think that like, there's like this boundary of like, you need to be whole to like be in like a good relationship or where is the fine lines of how these are kind of interacting with each other of myself into someone else in that way. Great question, Dale. You take a shot at that. <laughs> well, you know, the only I can just answer from personal experience, you know, being in my 60s and in a relationship and still transforming, you know, con constantly and, and still doing, you know, so much personal growth work, you know, together as a couple and, and with myself too. So, so I, I do agree that yes, as humans, this is an ongoing process. We're works in progress. Yes, absolutely. I, I guess I want to take it. I so agree with what you just said, Dale, but, and at the same time, I think both, I think I'm an and for both and person, <laughs> but I feel like there's like another way of looking at it, which is more in that model uh, um, that you and I trained in with Catherine Wilbert Thomas, which is that it's like um, the transformation is like who you're being. So if you're in a being place of thinking somehow that um, you don't, you're unworthy or you're un, you're not lovable or whatever, that is going to attract in unhealthy relationships. It's going to attract someone who's going to mirror back to you that belief. 
like that you're unworthy, they're going to say, oh, sure, I'll mirror that back to you that <laughs> you're unworthy. So you're going to attract in that level. So the transformation is going, that's a bunch of BS. I am worthy. I am. So when we're living from that place, then we can attract in someone who really has the capacity to see you for being worthy or being loving or being good enough or whatever the thing that you're. So it doesn't mean you're not going to have problems, Dale. I know you it's because I know um, I'm a widow. So, but I was in with my partner for 20 years and Hey, we were not perfect and we still had stuff that, I mean, but I did see a growth, like it, it grew the relationship, even though we were flawed people, but, but, you know, like, I think there's just, the transformation is living inside of your authenticity Mm. in the, in the real, the radiance and beauty that you are as flawed as you are, but, but radiant, beautiful, intelligent. Mm. worthy of beautiful love. I love that, Kim. And you know, it also makes me think that the that another part of, of transformation and what we work with as coaches is the observable behavior, right? So how do we know that we're generating that we're not lovable or we're not worthy? So there's where that those behaviors and that consciousness kind of come together organically and and how do and how do they work together that's sort of and what you said and the third part is the beliefs right mm-hmm. so those are all woven together and as coaches we're unpacking that and it's not like you're never going to have those beliefs again like they're never going to reappear again it's not like you're never going to feel like you're unworthy again but you you develop capacity to be conscious of when it comes up so it's going to get triggered in a relationship with certain things and but you have the you've developed the capacity to go oh my little him is feeling you know put down and feeling very small right now and it's not his fault or her fault it's something about me that i'm i fell back into that and and it's developing that consciousness in a relationship. That that's where practicing your awareness, getting in touch with your body, yourself, what you know you enjoy versus you don't. And this was kind of another question. I'm not transitioning from this spot because I like the spot we're in. But also, I think the big thing that I've seen as someone who has kind of been in more abusive relationships and also knows people who have been and has seen like hard relationships where, you know, we're talking about these really great flows is like, when do we know, like, what are some signs of like, when we are transforming in a good way and when we're not? Because I definitely thought at one point when dating someone who was really had a tough time with their psyche and was taking out so much on me that I was doing so much work like transformatively, like unconsciously in the relationship because it was so hard, like taking on their stuff, um, you know, like doing everything I could to make sure they're okay. And, um, you know, when they would get blow up at me, I'm like, it's totally fine. Like, like, I know you're, you just have this thing. Um, and there was growth in there for me because I went through that. 
but it wasn't the growth where we're kind of discussing a bit right now, where it's like, we're working both of us together and we both see it happening and we are talking about it authentically and noticing the points of like, oh, this was really vulnerable for me today. And I want to share it with you. And then you're taking that in for real. And like, you're feeling that and you're saying, oh, that was vulnerable for me too. Thanks for sharing. Now we're both vulnerable. Great. This feels really good. So I don't know if you guys would have any pointers for anyone. It's like, when do you know it's like the good kind, maybe? Like, when is it the bad kind? And I think authenticity is big in that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Dale, do you want, or do you want me to take a shot at that? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, please. I'm hearing in there, the way you describe that relationship is that one person wasn't willing to fully own um, how their behavior was affecting you. And, and, and so I think it takes a high level of self-responsibility to have a good relationship that's moving into growth and for, for both people, which is uh, where both are capable of owning their part and how their behavior is affecting the other person. And, and it doesn't mean people, it doesn't mean like somebody's always going to do something irritating or whatever like it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect on like but but I think it's just that willingness that when you when there's conflict or disagreement or discomfort the two can dialogue about it and own their part of it and that takes a certain level of maturity Mm. emotional maturity yeah and you can have a 10-year-old who's emotionally mature, by the way. So it doesn't matter age-wise. Yeah. Thank you. I liked that line. <laughs> um, I, I'm i 23 going on 24, so I always feel like in my Yay. life, maybe I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm like not old enough to know certain things or something. So I, I appreciate that. It is definitely, you can meet some really like on it 10-year-olds and some very off it 70-year-olds, you know? Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> Dale, did you have anything to say on what was just said? Well, I, lo- I love that answer. I think the self-responsibility is, is a huge piece of it. And, and, and then, you know, awareness around and capacity, right? And sometimes when people are, you know, have had deep trauma and maybe even impacted with some sort of chronic, um, you know, d- something that really, you know, needs a lot of work or a lot of or a personality disorder. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to really say that, but yes, like if, if you, if there are disorders where you, the, the capacity to see responsibility, take responsibility or see, see things have insight and awareness isn't there. Right. So, so yes, that that will impact the the mutuality of a relationship. And there definitely is like, you know, with you know, personality disorder is like a big term, right? That has a lot of different branches underneath it. Um, and I do think that there is some like really amazing therapies in whether it's the psychedelic front, you know, or um, what is it? Um D, come on, guys. D, EMDR is that the one? You're EMDR about? is another like EMDR. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking of typically used for bipolar and borderline. Mm. 
but I'm forgetting right now. Anyway. No, but you're right. There are modalities that actually help people bipolar or whatever that can actually be functional. Yeah. I mean, but, and then there are some people that just never seem to be able to do that, you know, that are bipolar. So it's, it's kind of, there's not one patent like, Oh, bipolar. No, forget that. You know, it's, there are certain categories of people who learn, get modalities to manage it and they can be self-responsible. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know what? It's not even really about the personality disorder because there right. are people who are can function through that and be in amazing relationships. Right. Do right. So Absolutely. it's really, it, it's a lot about capacity, um, I think, you know, and awareness and development. You know, we forget that adults are still developing. We, and and we have missing development mm-hmm. at, at any I love age, that. Right? So, so it's really, this is a lot of coaching is where, where do we need our, to strengthen certain developments, right? right? You can have the most highly evolved intellectual person who has some, some, you know, major missing development, but we can learn it. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And I think, I, I don't know if this is taking it off in a different direction, but I, I really believe that if we can view relationships as this beautiful gift and, and sometimes it's like gift wrapped in sandpaper, <laughs> but <laughs> meaning it's, you know, but it's like a possibility for growth, like that we wouldn't ever get anywhere else. Maybe if you went and lived in, lived in a monastery on a mountain or something and for, 10 years you might but I really feel like this is the modern day monastery so meaning uh, for possibility if we can view like every time there's a conflict of course you want to start with a good foundation with someone knowing like that they have the same belief that it's about growth and and they're willing to look at like with the right foundation the possibility for growth is amazing and I think a lot of times what happens with couples is they get to a certain place because usually they go into a power struggle phase after the honeymoon and then they give up. They go, oh, he's an a-hole or, or whatever. And so, <laughs> so it, and they throw in the towel, but it's like, hey, did you guys really grow from the, the challenges that were, I, I don't know. So that's my, viewpoint that I see a lot is that people give up too soon. I think, um, I, I had a comment on that actually. I think that there is, you know, maybe I'm getting too microscopic with like, assuming that everyone in the world is like me, um, which is not true. (laughs) I think we all have that problem. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm just thinking of like how generationally we also like to talk about um kind of like the growing world and on the show you know dale and i are from different generations so we like to talk about about that a bit too and how things are changing in the world so quickly like it is blowing my mind as a gen z baby just like yeah happening so fast and um i feel like the kind of classic and let's go with like united states perspective like the classic American relationship was this kind of monogamous, straight, married, Christian relationship. 
where really when we look at it, when we look at these old photographs or like storybook stories of that relationship, it actually looks like a very like poorly powered dynamic relationship, not emotionally communicating. Um, You know, the mother is the only one really emotionally meeting the needs of the child. And the the father is completely absent. If we're lucky, if they're lucky, right? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, the discussion of anything about like sexual health or like, you know, your, your next relationship is like, you're figuring that out and maybe your mom will talk to you. That's kind of the story. Um, and I, I, the way that I date in this world as like a bisexual polyamorous person is like, it's ridiculously different where in my relationship, it's a relationship anarchist dynamic where like, we're very much like our, the foundation of our relationship is based off like, we there's work we have in this world to do as people and like this is an opportunity to do that even if it doesn't feel good all the time mm-hmm. meaning we're always facing those vulnerable things the best that we can and when we don't we we own to that and we talk about those things and so interestingly like my partner and I um we're actually into like very different things as people but our energies and our communication and kind of what we want in this time the present in building a relationship, not the future necessarily, but the mm-hmm. present is where the building is and where it's the same. So it's just really crazy to me, like how different that paradigm and that time frame is because I was, you know, and my family isn't like that description I laid out earlier, but you right. know, there's some similarities there, like Christian family, like my parents are married, they're straight, like, and there's some things there that are similar, but not that struck in. Right. But, um, you know, it's crazy because I was raised kind of like by people who saw that happening around them. And so then there's me and I'm very different. So I don't know. You know what? I love, I love what you're saying, Sunny, And what you said, Kim, about that there are certain foundational characteristics and qualities that create healthy relationship. And what you're bringing out, Sunny, is that they're possibly different for different kinds of relationships. But I'm wondering, one of the things you said so powerful was as human beings, we have work to do. So so to me, that implies that that work is not only bringing us, us forward and our relationship forward, but we're evolving as a, like a culture, right? As humanity, we're up-leveling. So I'm, I'm curious, I would love to hear from you, Kim, about like what are the what are foundations for healthy relationships and are they across the board do you think or do you think in polyamory or you know that they may be different like what does what's a foundation a foundational quality for health well i i will admit my 99% of my clientele is um, monogamous, so I don't feel like I have a. I, I'm an expert, probably more than you probably know more than I do. I've had some a clientele that are polyamorous. Um, what I've noticed, people who really want to do this in an honest, growth-oriented way, polyamory is that it takes enormous communication, and I don't think I'd have the patience for that personally. But I, that's just me, right? I've but. Um, Wow, I just my hat goes off to you. 
want to take that on. But so I feel like you could say more on that, but I, I, so I'll just speak and you can fill in Sunny, if it feels like it fits with polyamory, but I, as far as foundational, um, I've mentioned the word emotional maturity a couple of times, but I, and, and let me maybe unpack that slightly, what they mean by that. Cause that's sort of a phrase that could be taken in different directions. But I, I really, what I mean by that is what I mentioned earlier is a capacity to own our part in what dynamics that are happening um, and not like fall into total shame around that to be able to say, Hey, I made a mistake or I have a problem in this area and I'm willing to work on it. So it's meaning you're, you're still able to be a whole person, even in the face of seeing your flaws. (laughs) Yeah. And your part that's contributing to something that's not working. Um, But it's also capacity to receive information from someone you're close to. and still maintain your um, self-love and self-esteem. So, so, and like take it in and be fully present to another, even when they unpack things that they don't like about you or your behavior, but to be completely able to receive that information. Because some people that don't have that capacity, they just... They get defensive or they do whatever. And so it's that capacity to fully be present for another person. And so that's another aspect of emotional maturity. But um, and then it's having skills, certain foundational skills, being able to deal with conflict. You know, that's a certain skill set to, to, to without attacking someone or disappearing or whatever the people do. We have all these techniques that we probably observe from our parents. Um, that don't work and they just create breakdown in the relate, but it's the, the d- skill set involved with dealing with conflict and the communication skills of deep listening. I, I really feel like people have to have a certain, they may not be perfect, but have the capacity to fully listen and also to set boundaries. So I, those are just a few aspects I think that are super important for just the groundwork. Yeah. And also, I think it's also trauma. If somebody hasn't really dealt with major trauma that they've been through and they've not done some or aren't willing to do some healing work around their their prior trauma, if they don't do some healing work around it, it's going to be in your face when you get close to someone. (laughs) You know, like they're going to get triggered and it's, they won't be able to be conscious in the moment if they haven't done their healing work around it. I think that's interesting what you said, because um, it brought up a few things to my mind and uh, back to that polyamory kind of there, me and Dale have had a similar conversation before in our second episode, designer relationships, monogamy and polyamory. Um, (laughs) And and what we kind of realized by the end of the episode, which was so funny that we both like kind of were like, ding, 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 is like, there really isn't like a lot of differences in the values of like why poly people and monog people like date the way that they do. It's more like a choice of like how you receive love and the ways that you do that. Um, Just like, you know, and this one, we know much more, but like queer people who are queer who date 
other queer people and then like, you know, straight people. Like we know that, right? Um, but when it's poly and monog, it's like, oh, those must be so different. But it's like, oh wait, they're like very similar. Um, but the skill sets are like a little bit differently. Um right. where yeah, like people the a lot of comments that I'll, like some comments I'll hear about the polyamorous monogamous difference is like, you know, like, oh, like I, you know, I could never do that. I, you know, the, I don't have the capacity for that. And, um, kind of my, um, you know, kind of response to that is always like, and that's like totally cool. And that's also something for me, I choose to challenge. And that was the edge. And that is where like the first relationships I was poly and I was like a little more on the jealous side. And now like, I still get that way. And that's like kind of part of the work that becomes very normalized and really is not a problem. And that brings me into what you also said of, this is a great example of like, when you're jealous, that is um, a working point. That is a point in your relationship dynamic. If you're jealous and you're poly or if you're jealous and you're monogamous. Yeah, that um, happens too. <laughs> yeah, um, where it's like, that is where like, you can like do the work of like sitting with a feeling of vulnerability because jealousy is a secondary feeling to loss, fear, vulnerability. Just like anger, for example, is a secondary feeling to feeling vulnerable and attacked, right? Or so hurt, yeah. Or hurt, yeah. So. Um, one thing that you said too is like, you know, when you're, you know, going through an experience, you know, it's really one of the values is like being able to like hold your feelings and like hold your own to have that conversation. I also think there's another layer to that, that, you know, when you do this stuff all the time, it's easy to forget, but it's also like when you can't really hold it and you're able to then like say like, Hey, I can't hold this feeling right now very well. And that's yeah, sometimes we have to do that. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not always about like coming out with it super clean. It's definitely coming out with it in a way that's kind. I think that's where. But even then you're being self-conscious to be able to do that. Yeah. To say, I need time out. I need, I need to sort of calm down here because I'm not, what's going to come out of my mouth not right right now is going to cause a problem. Yeah. That's super important. I think. That takes a level of self-consciousness and maturity to be able to do that. Yeah. Instead of just attack. Like it's, you can, and we discussed this before and Dale, you might be able to comment on this as well as like being vulnerable can look a few different ways. It can look like having the big feeling, sitting with it and, you know, really saying, Hey, I got to sit with this and this is mine. And it can also be the work of going through, getting it into that language right then and there and, and saying it. And it's also when you throw it up on somebody, they are all kind of the same, but it's just like, which is more helpful. I find definitely saying it well and waiting with it. I agree. Up on you. That's usually, and I think that's a good sign. I would say for people listening is like, if you are in a relationship, (laughs) think about it like this, where you're constantly like, it's all just coming out of you all the time. And there's not a lot of like withholding separateness and you know, you're just like going at each other with the feelings. You did this, you did that. And it makes me feel this way. You, 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 and all out. Like that's definitely where like seeing a coach and like taking a pause because the personal transformation, something might not really be really clicking there, I think. That's great. 
That is great. And what you both said is great because what you're really speaking to is a foundation in relationship is challenge too. Like we want to challenge each other, but in a supportive way and then soothe each other if we if we need to as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. and and those are our skills that we don't always understand or know right. how. Like, how do you lovingly challenge someone to grow? And then, and how do you support them through that? And definitely consciousness is part of it, right? And and not spewing all your stuff and self-responsibility is, is right. part of that. Yeah, but, and communication skills too, which is part of that. Yeah, yeah. because what you just said, uh, Sunny, about, um, you know, you, 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 that's like, lack of communication skills because it's like you would say i'm having this experience when such and such happens not you when you do this because that's poor communication skills yeah yeah do we want to take a pause sure yeah nice pause and we just wanted to kind of bring everything back because we've had so many like great mapping <laughs> of <laughs> transformation in a lot of ways um and I think all three of us together are kind of like minded in how we think of this so I wanted to make it a little more cohesive and um so I wanted to ask how does personal transformation with the individual and then maybe with a partner interact with each other. Where is the coming together of those two things? Where does it start? And then where does it end or does it end? Kim, do you want to start? Which, oh, okay. Um, I don't think it ever ends, but <laughs> I don't know if that's bad news for people, but <laughs> um, but I do believe that um I mean, just in, I, like I said, I'm a widow and my partnership of 20 years, uh, I saw the growth possible and it got to a place where I'd almost call it like a spiritual experience. Um, but, uh, but the, the thing is, is that I think the relationship itself and the personal growth are, are just like intertwined. So when both individuals are doing their own personal growth work and their own, you know, path, basically their journey, because let's face it, we're supposed to grow, right? I mean, on this earth, there's never an ending to the growth, but it's like when we're doing that and we're also feeding the relationship and doing, it's, it's like another entity. The relationship is like another, a third entity. And so when we're also nourishing the relationship, it helps, <laughs> it helps both of us to grow. So meaning like the way to feed a relationship is like attention, giving attention to one another and, and um, having intimacy in whatever form that is, sexuality or emotional intimacy, but meaning attention to that and being willing to work through conflict or challenges together 
and not apart. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I think these kinds of things help us grow as individuals. Yeah, I love that, Kim. That that's really gorgeous. And it also it it you know it feels too that we don't all grow at the same pace. And what I notice sometimes with with my partner is, you know, he may be going through something and I'm not. So with just the love that we have for each other, I can be like, okay, you know, I I can be here for him because my stuff right now, I'm I'm pretty good. You know, I can I can hold this. So I can kind of be on that ride with him. And and he can do the same for me. And I think that's really what, you know, the deep love and commitment um helps supply in a relationship because we don't we don't all we don't do this at the same pace. We're not always on no. the same page. And then, and as you said, which was like so beautifully articulated, the relationship itself then is this own body. So then there'll be times where we're like, okay, we let's talk about us now. You know, you went through that. I went through that. You know, now what, like what's happening with us? Where are we together? And where do we need to you know, where do we need to develop? Where What do we need to talk about? Um, what do we want to see? Like, what's the future about? Where do we want to go? So, so it's, it does the, another key is really, you know, I'm seeing is the communication. Like it has to be brought out, like what's, mm. it has to be honest and true. Yeah. What is really going on? I thanks for that both of you those are lovely um responses that I think the audience will really appreciate um and I also like we're talking about relationships a lot obviously because that's our our show um <laughs> and I also wanted to highlight that I think on the individual level that what we're talking about and we've said it in the show already is like authenticity so the more that we're being authentic with ourselves, the more authentic our relationship's going to be. And I think it's vulnerable to be authentic. It is vulnerable to be ourselves in a world that really wants us to kind of be a working citizen in our uniforms and go to work. <laughs> and, you know, expressing ourselves as just who we are artistically, um, gender-wise, spiritually, or just who we are, you know, that isn't exactly something we can always live off of in the world. And, um, but I do, I do want to say, um, on this topic of, you know, our personal transformation, then interrelating to our personal transformation with another and kind of creating this dance is that every time, and this is my footnote, this is my little thesis is that every, any time that I am authentically interacting with myself in the world, my relationship just matches it. And anytime that I'm not, my relationship matches it too. And so when it's not matching it, I'll bring it up and then they'll see it. And then all of a sudden I'm matching it. If I'm having <laughs> a hard day. Yeah. So if I'm having like a stressful day, I'll just say, yeah, I'm not feeling very authentic right now. I'm feeling really stressed. Then they'll be like, oh, okay. And then that's the authenticity is saying the thing. So it's that little dance of like, when am I really aligning with my truth? And then the relationship just will just line up with that. And the beginning of 
the, the relationship I'm currently in, you know, that was something that was kind of definitely like hard for me was that vulnerability of like, okay, like I'm seeing this person, like, can I stand with that? They're seeing me in the way that I am right now. Um, can I handle saying that? Will they leave me if I say that? And eventually it just kind of cracked. And since then, like, we just keep breaking that mold, you know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that also feels like for you, Sunny, authenticity is a value, right? That's a that's something you really value. And in in my relationship, I we value that too. But it it feels like connection seems to be our value. Like we'll we'll be one of us will you know be will say I don't feel connected. You know, I feel disconnected. And and then we're like, okay, well, what do we need to, to do to be connected right now? So so values are really important too. And sharing, agree, yeah. Right, Kim? And sharing yeah. and being and being in touch with them. Like, what do we really value? What is important to our core? What are our core needs? Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I love that, Dale. Yeah. So Kim, did you have anything else to add to that? Um I not not exactly because I think every all the points have been great. So I, I love what we're exploring here. Um I, I think it's a never ending growth thing, but I you know, it sounds like the way you're describing your relationship, Dale, is that I and also Sunny, I I think it's just that you're being really clear the authenticity is there in both what you're describing because if connection is your value dale then you're being authentic Mm. you know what i mean so i think yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i guess one idea i had i think it was when sunny was talking was that I was thinking about, I wish I could remember the psychologist, but it, her, this was years ago, her video, um, Ted talk went viral and she, I think she's a, uh, Israeli psychologist and she talked about, and I apologize. I don't remember the name, but she talked, and I don't think it's just her, but there's this theme about talking about the space between us and that when you're going to share something or share your authenticity, <laughs> Oh, whatever you're in, it's like, can you do it in a way that's honoring that sacred space, seeing it as sacred, the space between us? Mm. And that's part of the we aspect of the relationship that also helps the individual. But yeah, so if we can like treat that as sacred, like if you're upset with your partner about something, it's like, can you communicate it? in a way that's honoring and that space between us. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be, and, and in order to do that, I think we have to not only be connected, really grounded and connected to ourselves, but also with the other. Yes. Which is, you know, it's complex. It takes, it takes a lot to do that, to really be fully, you know, in, inside us, and then fully with the other person. Like, how, how do you do that? Right. And, and yeah, that is the challenge. That That's is the challenge. challenge right there. You just described it very well. 
I think yeah. breath works a good one for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, I think we summed it up on a good note that breath work is a good one. Um, <laughs> and Kim, can I ask you, um, is there anywhere like, um, is there anywhere our audience can contact you or do you have anything you'd like to share about your social medias or your coaching that our audience can follow you on anything? Oh, thank you so much. Um, there's a program I developed a, a while ago and I have yet to get it to a place where I'm going to remarket it again. But um, if you go to my website, kimvonberg.com, I had created a, a program called three steps to create an extraordinary relationship and um i've i've since then repackaged it in smaller bites and pieces because i realized it was a huge thing to bite off for a couple to do because it's pretty um transformational i'd say <laughs> it's a, it, it brings in a lot of what we've been talking about today development of the individual and development of the relationship but um, yeah, there's a lot on my website, kimvonberg.com. I have another website that's more for my singles work, which is thrivinglovingrelationships.com. But if you go to kimvonberg.com, it'll be, you'll see the link to that website as well. And um, if you go to where uh, it's about Kim, underneath that is, I have a number of videos in, on my speaking engagements page. So if you want to, learn more about the type of things I do. There's a bunch of videos on there. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. This was really... Yes, thank you for... I feel very honored to be here. Thank you so much. So good to be with both of you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the New Wave Relationships Podcast. If you would like to check out Kim Von Berg's work, please visit her website at thrivinglovingrelationships.com. Kim is offering a 15% off New Year's discount on her program, Three Steps to Create Extraordinary Relationships, until the end of January 2023. See you next time on New Wave Relationships.